Coming up today on Locked On Texas Tech as we get ready for the Red Raiders and North Carolina State. Coming up Saturday night, we're taking a closer look at Tech QB Donovan Smith among his Big 12 quarterback colleagues. Those healthy, those presently available to start a football game. Where does Donovan Smith fall? Maybe closer to the top than you might expect. We'll also look around the Big 12 conference slate of games for the weekend and have some parting shots and thoughts for the week on Texas Tech and NC State. All coming up next on Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Good to be back with you all across West Texas, the United States of America, worldwide or throughout the galaxy on Locked On Texas Tech. It's your team every day as part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Casey Cowan with the only Chris Level and want to tell you that today's episode brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online's got you covered all season long with more props, odds, and lines than ever before in the history of man is what I've read. Bet Online is where the game starts and the show starts today, Chris, as we're uh, wrapping up a week and getting into the weekend. Red Raiders and Wolfpack from Raleigh, North Carolina, uh, coming up Saturday night. As we do on Fridays, look back to your weekly conversation on the radio with the head coach, Joey McGuire. And I guess I'm not surprised to hear you say this, but uh, sounded like you were struck uh, maybe first and foremost by the excitement of Coach McGuire for the challenge because some coaches out there could be kind of wringing their hands and talking about how daunting it is, sold out on the road at night, number 16, number 12, depending on what poll you look at. But uh, Coach McGuire seemed like that he was one of those that feels like, these are the games I signed up for. <laughs> and as a fan, these are the, the ones I come for as well, man. Yeah, you know, it, it's funny because not that anybody would in, in these situations go, oh, man, I'm, I'm dreading this weekend or this is going to be really tough. I hope I hope people understand, you know, what whatever. And he he's sitting there next to me and and Casey, he, he's basically like, it's going to be sold out. And he goes, I've never been up there before. He goes, I can't wait. I can't wait to get up there, man. It's going to be so much fun. And I'm thinking, all right, then. I mean, uh, you know, and, and you know this is what he's saying to his guys. Oh, sure. And so that's part of why I think Joey is such a good coach because it's not about X's and O's as much as it is. He he just gets his guys to believe, and whether he really believes it or not, it doesn't matter because I believed him, and, and I was sitting right next to, to him, and I'm thinking like, <laughs> You, you know what? I, heck, man, I, I can't wait to go to Raleigh too. And I'm because I've been all, all, all week. I've been like, man, it's, we're gonna get home late, you know. And it, this is gonna be tough. And but if you don't turn it over, you got a chance. You know, I'm just kind of all over the place. And and I, after being around him tonight, I'm just thinking like, you know, let, let's let's get after it, man. Let's go. I can't wait. You know, so it it should be fun because it is sold out. It's a uh, they're blacking out the stadium. The team's gonna be wearing all black. Uh, the Red Raiders, I think, are wearing 
red helmet, white jersey, red pants, or something like that. I don't remember the look like a candy cane, I guess. And some, some either white, red, white, or red, white, red, whatever. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But, uh, well, but anyway, it, it just it, it's just fun being around a guy that's so excited. And as he said in his opening press conference, I'll never forget this. I get to work here. I get to do this. I get to be at this place. I get to coach football. And he's living it right now, man. He is absolutely living it. Yeah, and it seems like all too often there are coaches that uh, forget that part of it. And for some reason, they forget that part of it while they're making multi-millions of dollars somehow, some way. But uh, obviously, Joey McGuire is not at that point in his career yet where those types of things are lost on him. And I got to say, again, as a fan, Chris, I just, you know, I'm, it's not lost on me the feeling you have in non-conference settings like what we've had this season compared to some others. And uh, I know I've said this many, many times before, and I've said it on this show uh, before in its short history with us at the helm. Uh, I hope that college football is trending toward more compelling non-conference matchups because you actually could have maybe the best regular season in all of sports if you took care of some of these lightweight, you know, basically weekend off uh, non-conference weekends. And this is not one of those. So I'm excited to have one in the rear view that Texas Tech was successful within. But uh, I'm glad that the program is is involved with things like this, too. And I hope to see a whole lot more of it to come maybe in years uh, down the road. Yeah, you, you know what's funny about this particular game is I've, I've heard a lot of chatter about this, you know, by folks that are talking about the Big 12 schedule this weekend and just kind of this game in particular and this is a fun spot for Texas Tech to be in because, you know, yes, we know that you got to win over Houston, and so I used to I used to phrase these is like, man, this is like a free spin of the wheel. It's like, okay, you're gonna win some prize, and if you spin the wheel and you come up, okay, you you went bankrupt. Well, you didn't, you know, you were going up there with just a free spin. It didn't really matter. Right. But if you get this done. I mean, if you if you pull this thing off, I'm telling you, there's going to be a lot of talk about this football team, and there's going to be a lot of talk about Joey and Donovan and Zach Kitley and the job Tim DeRuiter's doing. And I don't care how you get it done up there. I don't care if you win it seven to six or thirty-five to thirty-three. It doesn't really matter. But if you pull it off, one, people are going to say NC State was a fraud, and two, they're going to be saying. Look at the job that Joey McGuire has done because this is kind of a fun spot to be in in that you're a double-digit underdog. But, again, if you if you pull it off, I mean, boy, there's going to be a lot that comes with that in a good way. Yeah, no doubt about it. And how pivotal uh, was last week's game? I mean, you're talking about well, kind of what you're describing there, just playing with house money. And I think it's all because of last week's win as mm-hmm. it relates to just – First and foremost, the pursuit of a postseason berth. And I know that we want to be pursuing much grander things, but right now that's kind of the, the beginning point, I think, from at least a fan base point of view uh, for this season's conversation. But, uh, Chris, you get that win, and it had to alleviate a little bit of pressure because you knew you weren't going into this one one and one or potentially coming back to Lubbock to start out conference play at one and two. So that was as pivotal as the second game of the season can be, I guess, whenever it relates to those types of aspirations. Yeah, and, and you know, because, you know, obviously Donovan Smith, I, I was I spent some time with him as well, and, and Joey made the comment, you know, Joey's not the only one that's just kind of even keel and, like, excited and all these things because Donovan Smith is a guy that he smiles a lot. 
and he just kind of whatever come comes my way, I'm I'm going to take it, and I'm not going to freak out. But m- Joey said something about, man, it's like in the second half, I went over there, and you'd have thrown after after maybe some of those turnovers. It's like I go over there, and it's like you'd have thought that Donovan had already thrown for eight touchdowns. You know, like he just he doesn't change who he is, and I think that pays off when you look back to to this past weekend. And I, I, I asked Donovan, I, I'm, I'm like, man, this is, do you, you, you just never kind of wig. You never kind of you pretty even keel, pretty steady. And he said, he goes, man, one time he said he get, gets it from his mom. Okay. But he said one time he broke his finger and it's going crooked. And she's, she walked up to him and go, and he's like looking at his hand going, oh my gosh. And she said, oh, you break, break your finger. It's, it's going to be okay. And, and so he's like, I, I guess I was supposed to feel calm. And he goes, I've always just remembered that. And, he just tries to stay pretty chill, and and while some coaches that may bother them because it's like, man, you're, you're too casual, and I don't I don't get the sense that's how Donovan is, but it's just funny because I just don't think you can really rattle him. I guess is my point, and they're going they're going against what may be, and I'm not I'm not don't think I'm stepping out there at all here, but they're going against what may be the best defense they'll see all season. There's 10 starters back in this group. And I think, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, I, I think whoa. they've got 10 guys that are 23 years old or older yeah. on their team. And so some of most of those guys have been there for four years ish. And so that's a lot of continuity. And there's not a lot of draft pick type stuff on that side. Okay. But I think there's just really good, solid college football players, and their scheme is wacko. I mean, you know, so that's kind of what I talked to Zach Kitley about a little bit and that he's gone against this thing before when he was on the staff here with Cliff and they went against West Virginia and Tony Gibson just throws it all at you and it it tries to confuse a young quarterback and that's what you've got. So there'll be a lot put on Donovan because he's got he's to try to process rather quickly and avoids those mistakes. But, yeah, I think I'm not stepping out there at all telling you this may be the best group on that side of the ball they see all season. Interesting. And man, hopefully, regardless of uh, the final score, that that experience is of great benefit uh, to Donovan Smith and and really everyone. But you think about some young guys along that offensive line, you think about a starting quarterback who is not uh, completely green, but I guess still overall inexperienced. I mean, what's he got a handful of handful of games to his credit now? How many starts has Donovan made? I think this weekend will be his sixth. Okay, so yeah, I mean, half the season. Yeah. Um, so anyway, could pay pay some dividends as you get into Big Twelve play, right? Uh, with what you're going to face here on the other side of the football coming up this weekend. Did you think? Did you think that Zach Kitley and in, in visiting with him uh, w- was exuding any different vibe or under any different pressure? Because I just felt like it was probably more tenuous on his side of the ball uh, <laughs> last week as it relates to you know the success or the outcome of the game. The defense was was pretty solid and and fairly consistently solid. Uh, throughout the day, but there were some ups and downs for Coach Kitley's bunch. Did you pick up on any different uh, mood this week with him? Well, he he just he said because I mean they had 500 yards of offense or just just <laughs> right. shy of that, and but but he 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 he's he's like we should have had 600 and we should have put the game away in the first half. That that's his line of thinking. I mean, because hey, nobody knows how to lose a game with 500 yards of offense like Texas, <laughs> right? But that that's where his expectations are. And I think Joey painted um, Zach with one of the best compliments I think you could do about just any coach because Joey said something about Zach. I never really heard of, uh, I guess, 
this kind of compliment about another coach, and I guess I hadn't thought about it because we, we've seen a lot of these offensive guys that have come through here, no matter who's been the coordinator or the head coach and whether you're the play caller or whatever, there's some ego there. There's some stats. Sure. There's some stubbornness that you get into, like I want to make sure we pad this or we need to look good doing it or what, whatever it may be. I, and there's maybe some truth to that. But he said the one thing about Zach is he goes, I've learned this really quickly. He does not care at all how it gets done. If we run it 60 times, if we throw it 60 times, if we need to slow it way down, if we need to speed it way up, it does not matter to him on what his quarterback stats look like at the end of the year or his running backs or whatever. And I thought Joey made sure to point that out. And I think that's, that's pretty high praise for a young coach like, like Zach, who's trying to find his way in this business. And, you know, this is his first big real opportunity and just that, you know, no ego, I guess is my point. And I think that says a lot about Zach and cause Joey said, I knew he was a good coach, but I had no idea like how smart he was and how selfless he was. And I think that that's uh, something to remember too about old, old Zach Kitley. Well, I, something to remember, I think for Zach Kitley is what you just said right there. If you need to run it 60 times, run yeah. it 60 times because I really am thinking, I know that obviously the offensive line has got uh, just about everything to do with that, Chris, but yeah. um, if you're not able to protect your quarterback, I wonder more so about involving those tight ends and using two running backs and that quarterback, though more so as a ball carrier in a really concerted rush effort kind of way. And I'm not even sure to be honest with you, if, if coach Kitley's got that kind of thing in him as a play caller, to be that that kind of fluid. And, of course, I'm exaggerating saying run it 60 times. Uh, but yeah. you get the idea. Can you evolve uh, in different situations? They've talked about that all offseason. It sounds great. Uh, but we haven't quite seen it um, in practice just yet. And I guess you still fairly – well, it's hard to say you've been balanced whenever you chucked it 58 times, even though you had a little extra time added onto the game right. last week. Uh, but you had a nice productive day with Taj Brooks. would like to see more out of the ground game. But – uh, I'm curious to see week to week if you do kind of adapt like Coach Kitley says he wants to. Yeah, and so NC State's defense, they're going to here, – here's what they're going to give you or entice you to try to do. They want you to try to run it wide, okay? And that's what they want, okay? You've got to try to stay disciplined and try to run it in the middle because of the way that their scheme is. Uh, because they the, the, the way the scheme is, they really try to take away the middle of the field, and they, they're just almost like trying to show you, hey, man, you got all this space out here to the right <laughs> and to the left, but then the, these safeties crash down, and that's the way the scheme is built is really take that away and get downhill and, and tackle, and that's the way that their system is, is built. They also So Taj and Sir Roderick really need to try to, you know, create some one-on-one -on -one situations inside and try to win some of those matchups and 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 really get it going there. So a lot will be on them. The other thing that they're going to do is they're going to give you man to man on the outside. And there's going to be some times where I think Donovan's going to take some shots down the field if that's what they give them. And you've got to play bully ball a little bit. You've got to go up and and you know your big receivers, you know, whether it's Bradley or Sparkman or um Lowick or whoever or the tight ends that you mentioned. You've got to win some of those 50-50 type balls and you've got to come down with some of those catches. But that's what but again, just as easily, if it's slightly underthrown or whatever, or there could be a PI penalty, or you're just not real sure how those 50 50 shots, because if you overthrow it, okay, well, now we've just wasted it down, and now we're trying to run and we're behind the chains. And we see it all, it all kind of, but that that's the, it's what West Virginia used to run. So 
Um, kind of fascinated to see. I'm ready to see them them kind of take on that challenge, but it will not be easy. Uh, not not to you know counter what Joey was trying to to inject into my veins about being excited to be up there. I'm just trying to be <laughs> realistic in that you know in front of a packed house and sold out crowd. I mean, that, that, this defense is really really good. Well, I mean, you're talking to a guy that's from the land of uh, 232 wham, three yards in a cloud of dust, A gap, B gap. I don't even know what the other lanes are for. We just needed the A and the B. What do you want to toss it around the edge? <laughs> that cornerback's got a mother that loves him. We're not going to punish that guy that way. We're just sticking to the A and the B, baby. Yes. So it's run the damn ball week every week of my life. I know there needs to be some balance, but I would love to see because Donovan Smith really can do some things physically for you as a ball carrier. And I would love to see maybe at some point, if it calls for it, uh, really turning toward that type of edge with uh, the two guys you got, obviously, around him as well. And some tight ends, baby. Double tight, triple tight. Yeah. Leaking out that tight end deliberately like Kim K. I stole that line from somebody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the homeboy that was doing the uh, Aggie Appalachian State film session breakdown. Look at uh, on Twitter. Yeah. And that line among the best. But uh, again, Chris, adapting, easier said than done. And when you've been working on what you want to work on, these are my plays. This is my pride, which Tyler Shuck told me prior to the season is not getting in the way of Zach Kitley. So it's some of these moments where we figure that out. And uh, mm -hmm. he's still a pretty young guy. So I'm curious to see kind of how you balance that confidence with being humble in the face of, of what the game's kind of giving you from week to week. It's a hell of a lot uh, easier said than done. I know that. Thank God I just got to talk about doing those types of things. Something that is uh, as easy done as it is said. Heading to Bet Online, which is your number one resource for all the action, all the angles, angles on the action, college, professional football, and well beyond combat sports, professional baseball, basketball, esports, whatever you're into head on over to bet online right now and get started they make it incredibly easy on you to track what you're doing with bet online but of course keep up with your favorite team on saturdays it's hq for live betting stats and scores and the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite events so head to the website today or use your mobile device Learn more about what the trends are looking like this week. Got an interesting slate in the Big 12 Conference. Bet Online has all the latest. We're going to swing back to that slate coming up before we're done here today. But you don't have to wait for that conversation. Check out the latest on it and much, much more right now at Bet Online, where the game starts. Got it. It's locked on Texas Tech with the only Chris Level. I'm Casey Cowan. Thanks for making us your first listen. Once again, your team every day as part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Coming up before we're done today, we are taking a look at the slate of all games in the Big 12 Conference. Get in on some of the action. And I got some feedback, Chris, from our equine grading scale conversation. A few other things they'd like to see, actually, in future mass riders out there in Raiderland. So I want to get to that before the show is over as well. But uh, let's stick to between the hash marks here for the time being and go back to a guy that we were mentioning 
a little bit earlier. You got the visit with on the uh, Joey McGuire radio show this week and the Big 12 Offensive Player of the Week, Donovan Smith, and was considering a question that I thought was maybe a little bit more difficult to answer this week than, than I considered at first glance. Lay of the land in the Big 12 Conference, starting quarterbacks, available, healthy, starting quarterbacks. And that's really, I think, probably why this conversation became more interesting. Could anybody make an argument that Donovan Smith is a top choice? Is he a top two kind of choice among the three best options presently available among healthy starting quarterbacks in the Big 12 Conference? I'm not so sure it's so easy to slough that off, Chris. So I wanted to pose it to you. How are you seeing the breakdown with some guys more prominent than others in and out of starting lineups now and maybe set to miss some time? Seen it here in Lubbock ourselves when it comes to Donovan Smith and, and his colleagues elsewhere among starting quarterbacks in the conference. Yeah, I, I think uh, it, this is a fascinating conversation, and it's one I'd love to kind of revisit maybe even weekly because I think that as this list goes or as your thoughts here is really how the league race may go. And that's what – because Interesting. The, yeah, I, yeah, I think – I think this season in the Big 12, it's supposed to be kind of one of the most wide open and competitive races and deeper races we've seen in a long time. And mostly because there is not a no-brainer like top guy or tier in this group of quarterbacks. I think they're all actually pretty good, but I think there's going to be some inconsistency mixed in and you're not looking at any any some big time pro prospect of of anybody in the group, and I think that's what's going to make for a fascinating league race because some days this some guys on this list are going to catch fire and and look lights out, and we're going to go okay, well he start, and then other times I think they're going to kind of come back down to earth. That's the beauty of it. But right now, to me, if we're talking like quarterback rankings or power rankings or confidence rankings, however we want to do that. Spencer Sanders is, is to me, the top guy. He's beaten Arizona State. He's beaten Central Michigan. He's looked good doing it. He's got, I think, the most rushing numbers of any quarterback in the Big 12. He hadn't really made many mistakes yet, just the one interception, I think. And, and again, in years past, he's had some issues there. But to this point this year, we haven't seen it. And he looked really good in that opener. But I think that's where you start looking at it and go, okay, after you move Spencer Sanders over here in this one category and maybe move him off to the side, Donovan Smith actually belongs right there in the next conversation. I mean, I I think with Jalen Daniels, who goes and pulls the the kid at Kansas, who goes off and pulls a a big-time upset up there in West Virginia. And keep in mind, we know how bad Kansas has been. I mean, they have been – Rock bottom, one of the worst power five programs that, that there's been. So the fact that they go pull off Big 12 road, a road win and he looks really good doing it says a lot. I, I think Donovan and, and Jalen Daniels are in that. I think Max Duggan, Casey, who didn't start the season, you know, I think uh, Chandler Morris started for TCU against Colorado and then Max Duggan came in and he's done kind of what Donovan Smith has done and really just, just rolled. However, it was a, a blowout second half against Colorado, and then they were home against Tarleton. So I don't know how much credit you, you give him there because I don't know if he 
I don't know. Does the road road win at Colorado and what he did and able to put that thing away compared to a win over a ranked Houston team? I don't know. We can debate that. And then the other one is Dylan Gabriel at Oklahoma. I just don't think they've done anything that impressive. They haven't left. They beat UTEP and they beat Kent State. And he's looked pretty good, not overwhelming. But it, it just goes to show you there's a lot of mid-tier or 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 the, maybe the upper tier is 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 pretty big uh if if you want to phrase it that way and you got guys like hunter deckers that went and won in iowa but they scored 10 points i mean so i don't do we give him a ton of credit adrian martinez has looked pretty good but his stats aren't aren't very good at all and he he's only i don't even think he's completing 60 percent of his passes although kansas state has looked pretty good so it's a fun conversation, and it just speaks to how wide open this race is. Yeah, no doubt. And I was a little surprised how quickly, and I think I would agree in that Donovan Smith would be right there behind Spencer Sanders. And I, you know, if I had to choose one or the other today, and I gave maybe Donovan Smith uh, Spencer Sanders' offensive line, I'm not so sure I wouldn't take Donovan Smith outright. I mean, I've seen Spencer Sanders be the other team's best player, and thankfully it was Texas Tech that day, but. Uh, we know what he can do as well. And whenever he emerges as the cream of the crop, I don't know what it says about the crop otherwise, but it says that maybe that top spot is uh, kind of up for grabs or should be, like you said, maybe something to be observed from week to week because there's not just some runaway cat that's got uh, you know professional-type pedigree and yada, yada, yada. But I was a little bit surprised how quickly I wanted to get to Max Duggan. And some of this is just like Red Raider PTSD, just guys that like hurt us or helped us in the past, I guess. So like I can't forget that Sanders was loving on the Red Raiders over and over once upon a time at the Jones. And I can't forget that Max Duggan was just making these clutch plays with his feet once upon a time at Fort Worth to bury Texas Tech. And I thought, wow, Max Duggan's still in the league? He's still in <laughs> yeah. college for crying out loud? You, I, you, I you know the Well, you know the name that I didn't mention that I think a lot of people felt like, okay, this this is the guy that's going to take a next step. And the fact that we've talked about all these guys, and not that he's played poorly, but Blake Shapin yep. at Baylor takes over, causes Gary Bohannon to transfer to South Florida. And I think Shapin's numbers aren't bad. He hasn't thrown an interception. He's just got three touchdown passes. His, his numbers are somewhat modest. They had a big yep. blowout win. But the, the game at BYU – they didn't turn him loose. They didn't really throw the ball down the field. They were very conservative. And I think there's some, you know, not criticism, but maybe some regret on the way that that game was called from a play calling standpoint and all that. But they didn't really. So do they do they really trust Blake Shapin? I mean, you know, because it, against the Oklahoma State Cowboys in that Big 12 title game last year, that game that he started, he looked pretty darn good. And so I, I and we probably haven't seen you know, what he can do yet this year. I'm just saying, but with the small sample size that we've got, you know, I don't know if you can include him, you know, because they lost that game and he hasn't just put up these, these gaudy numbers and he hasn't been bad by any means, but just about 300 yards and uh, three tutties and, and, and no interceptions. But uh, anyway, it, it's a, it's a fun conversation, man. And I think we could be kind of shuffling this order a lot as we go forward here in the coming weeks. Yeah, possibly. And I, you know, I'm probably just sleeping on shaping because I mean, you, you have a tight 
road loss to what number 21 i think yeah and all of a sudden it's like oh, i forgot to even put him on my list yeah. <laughs> that's probably yeah. not a great idea so we'll revisit this maybe yeah and see probably if, uh if he and the baylor bears which i'm sure they will will redeem themselves uh another week all right those were big 12 quarterbacks we'll talk big 12 teams coming up dead ahead a look around the league heading into week three and we'll have some uh, final parting shots and thoughts on the red raiders and North Carolina State before we are done. That is up ahead on Locked On Texas Tech. But first, we have got to remind you of our good friends in Health Center, Texas, at Flatlands Grain, centrally and conveniently located, just 30 quick minutes north of Lubbock, and looking to build lasting relationships, provide reliable service all across the South Plains ag communities this fall to take care of you and your families, whether it's uh, something along a truckload, thousands of bushels, market analysis, crop analysis, just taking care of feeding the animals. Uh, there's no job too small for them to take care of you at Flatlands Grain. And, uh, you know, Chris, young audience here so far for Locked on Texas Tech. And there are young farmers, young ranchers out there. You need somebody dependable to build a relationship with. You want to be able to relax when you're calling somebody on the phone or having to deal with them in person. These are the people at Flatlands Grain that I'm talking about, the ones that are going to make it easy on you. You know what that feeling's like where you're like, oh, I got I to gotta call this guy, but I'm not going to enjoy any part of it. <laughs> I mean, why would you not want to deal with somebody that will feed your animals? That's right. I mean, I mean, seriously. They'll, Red they'll Raider? Check your crops and feed your animals. That's just one of the <laughs> couple of things that they do. I mean, like, why, why would you not want to – Sign up for that or engage right there, man. Somebody that uh, is willing to feed your animals for you. No, I mean, we, we know what uh, what West Texas is all about and the agriculture and, and all the things that come with it. And uh, we, we, we dropped the, the hashtag West Texas on there, man. But, uh, yeah, check these boys out, man. Flatland Grains. And uh, this is what makes this part of the state go, man. You know, yep. and these are Red Raiders. So we, we certainly appreciate you supporting them. Yeah, I, I have seen the man that uh, you'll get on the phone full-throated in support of Texas Tech. Uh, east side, west side, parking lot, inside, outside, doesn't matter. Red Raider. I, I bet he wasn't throwing any beer either. <laughs> no, I have not seen him waste a drop. Uh, does conserve that precious liquid. So Joey McGuire uh, would be uh, very proud of our buddy Jonathan at Flatlands Grain. So give Jonathan a call to take care of your grain storage needs or otherwise. Listen. Your daddy's grain guy ain't going to be around forever. Grandpa's grain guy, he's already gone or he's passed it down to some other cat. He's not going to be dependable for you. It's time to build that lasting and reliable relationship, and you can do it with our friends at Flatlands Grain. Visit their website, flatlandsgrain.com, or give them a call at 806-839-2522. Or again, check out flatlandsgrain.com. Locked on Texas Tech, yours every day on YouTube or anywhere you get your podcast. Please do subscribe on YouTube. Appreciate all of those out there of you who have saddled up so far. Still hovering just a little under. We've improved on the number, Chris, but about 57% of the viewers on YouTube 
not subscribed, just strolling through the neighborhood like a weirdo, man. Why don't you go ahead and buy a property and put down some roots? All right. We'd love to have you. We're inviting you, right? Come on in. We definitely need you to hit subscribe, man. Hit that little bell button or whatever, man, and make sure that it gets dropped into your YouTube feed every day. We, we need it. They t Management, man, they're holding our feet to the fire, man. They're like, man, you got to get those numbers up or this thing goes away. <laughs> That's right. And they've got the plug in the in their hand. I mean, yeah, it's a little choked up just ready, thinking about it. Ready to pull it. Yeah. <laughs> uh Chris, before we get to this weekend in the Big 12, what what'd you think of the resume and results last weekend? Because I know it was a mixed bag, but uh, there were some pretty nice wins uh for the league. Those members currently in it like right now, last weekend. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was actually, you know, I think what Kansas State did to Missouri, I think, you know, we, mm. we focus off obviously a lot of what uh, Texas Tech did. Uh, I thought, you know what, I'm not even going to mention like the Texas moral victory thing. I'm just going to throw that out because I don't, that, that doesn't. Spend $135 million yeah. on sports. Yeah. Give me a break. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Moral <laughs> victory, my ass. Um, yeah. I, I think uh, – I, you know, I, I thought we, we we felt like Baylor would would have would have played. Uh, you know, I, I guess I thought they would be a bit better there. You know, especially with BYU missing their top two wideouts. But I think so far, you know, the Big Twelve has really shown itself fairly well. You know, but uh, again, there's there's more tests, you know, coming, and uh, there's not that much on tap this weekend that'll give you a gauge on on the league just yet, but. Uh, I, th I think to this point, I think it's been it's been pretty, you know, I, I'm trying to think, maybe I'm missing something, but I don't know if anything else stuck out to me from last weekend that, that I haven't mentioned yet. I, uh, you know, just no, I think what you touched on there is is what every Big 12 fan was kind of taken away from, uh, at least outside of what we were doing here in Lubbock. But you are <laughs> seem kind of like you're just dismissing Towson unbeaten heading to Morgantown, West Virginia to take on the only beaten West Virginia Mountaineers two and zero zero and two right there. Look out! <laughs> Look out! For well, Towson. and and that that was a that was a game last weekend. You know, again that that's a conference game, and it kind of snuck <laughs> under the radar. But that's a pretty big win for Kansas, man. I mean, oh, yeah. let, let's just you know it, you're going to celebrate a road win in the league, no matter when you can get it. And hundred percent for, for them that the, their win total, but from Vegas is like one and a half two, two and a half or something like that to go pull one off right out of the gate with a chance to move to three and zero this weekend and going down to Houston. I mean, look out. And then they host, uh, it could be a basketball schools clash next weekend in Lawrence because Duke comes to town. Uh, <laughs> so, and, and if they're three and zero, I bet that place is, I bet that place is is jacked because they just haven't had no reason to be excited. True. In September, uh, in a long time, really since I guess 2009, maybe when Mangino was there. They may just rush the field at kickoff. They're so excited <laughs> to be watching well, a winning football team. You, you do remember this is the, and I'm trying to remember who the opponent was, but this is the this is the school that when they were hanging in there. I want to say this was maybe last oh, yeah. year, or the year before, and it was like, hey. The gates are open. It, you know, if you're out right. there and you want to come watch this game, man, just come on in. Whoever you well, are here. I thought you were going to reference. Uh, didn't Kansas rush the field after beating like a MAC team or well, something? Well, yeah, like and, and I and I get it. And I'm not trying to do the fan book thing like you talked about. I don't want to be the, the moral good, compass. Chris. More, yeah, good. the moral compass on on because <laughs> you know again they haven't had a lot to to celebrate there. But uh, I just I got Go a kick wild, out man. of. 
Go nuts, the ga- kids. The gates are open, man. If if you're out there and you're in a bar, or whatever, come on in. Come come, come on back. This thing just free. Yeah, I, I've heard from a few Red Raiders who were on their way out last weekend and uh, heard something did, on the concourse that pulled. Did a U turn? Yeah, U turn, man. Yeah. That's Which, right. by the way, we have got to get bigger TVs and more on the concourse. What are we doing? I got friends, kids watch bigger TVs in their bedrooms than what we've got stacked out on the con. I mean. I don't Let's know if I've, ever, I've never seen them. I don't even know You'd what the concourse shocked, looks Chris. like. Okay, You'd be uh, shocked. Okay. I mean, you would sell more beer, I feel like, if you could, if there is such a possible thing. Uh, you would sell more <laughs> beer, more everything, if you had bigger TVs on the concourse. Okay, I don't know why I brought okay. that up. Oklahoma, Nebraska, let's begin with the Big 12 <laughs> slate. Oklahoma, minus 11 on the road from Lincoln. That's the early kickoff at 11. I'm surprised, Chris, the number is not bigger. For the Sooners, I got to be honest because Nebraska looks like one of the the trashiest trash football teams of all time, potentially. <laughs> yeah, you get you know. Keep in mind, I think that people expected a blowout in this game last year because, and again, Nebraska was kind of a disaster last year, and they played it in a bunch of close games. Though we know five and twenty-two is Scott Frost's record, but this was a twenty-three to sixteen game in Norman last year, and I think that there's, I, I, I'm guessing Vegas takes this into consideration, but. A lot of times when there's a coaching change, there's kind of this rallying cry, and uh, you've got Mickey Joseph. I had to make sure I said his name right. Uh, yeah. He he's the interim head coach, and you know, look, Oklahoma. They they know Nebraska's quarterback well, and Casey Thompson, obviously playing him at uh, Texas the, the last couple of years, and uh, but this thing could be. It, I, and I think people are not real sure how good Oklahoma is yet. You know, that was a three to nothing Kent State game up until right at the end of the first half last week. And when Marvin Mims, I think, caught a touchdown pass to give him the 7-3 lead. So Oklahoma hasn't just been gangbusters. They've also only given up, I think, 16 points total on the season. So their defense is going to be pretty good. But I, I have no idea what kind of effort Nebraska will get you. But I bet Vegas thinks that they'll kind of rally and maybe it'll yeah. last, maybe it won't. We'll see. Maybe so. Uh, Mickey Joseph's a former Husker, right? I believe there's some ties there, yes. <laughs> you ain't yeah. getting that job. They ain't hiring another Husker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Scott Frost yeah. screwed that up for like the next 20 years. And maybe Cliff Kingsbury did the same thing at Tech. I don't know. But they ain't going right back to another player. <laughs> yeah, no. I, Best of luck, I, Mick. Best of luck. Yeah. Get out of here, Matt Campbell. Go to the Big Ten. Uh, Kansas-Houston, 2 o'clock kickoff. Uh, Houston, yeah, I think- an eight-and-a-half-point favorite here. I bet there's a lot of points scored in this game, man. I I, I really do. And I, I, over on and I'll okay, and I'll be curious how Houston bounces back, Casey, because I mean, Dana was just like stupid, stupid, stupid. We just did all these dumb things. And I think I think Houston's pretty salty. It's her first home game, but I just I I think Kansas is kind of like going on the road here, and it's much like the Tech game we talked about. In that, in in a way, this is kind of it's a free shot. You know, you get it done, look out. If you don't, okay. You know, you got a conference win under your belt that you can feel good about, and you're getting to go home and, and, and play Duke next weekend. But I think Jalen Daniels, is, is is he's legit now. But uh, I, I'll just be interested to see how Houston plays in this one because if Clayton Toon plays his normal game, I think, uh, I, I think that, you know, Kansas will be in trouble. I feel like uh, Houston is going to be in a spot where – going to be the better football team or more talented football team, I should say. Are they going to be the better football team or better coached uh, football team? I'm not so sure. And I've seen uh, Coach Holgerson, you know, really pleading to the fans, like, please come out. We wanted to be in this spot in the Big 12. You know, we're here now, and this is a 
future conference game. Please come out, yada, yada, yada. I bet the showing is trash. I bet that there is nobody. I mean, nothing out of the ordinary, I guess I should say, because Kansas is not going to be the opponent that's going to drag your fans out after you no. lose in Lubbock the week before. So yeah, no. I don't think that part of it's going to go well for them. But I uh, I think I may take the Jayhawks and What's the, the points? points here. Okay, I there you go. so. Minus eight and a half right now, but uh, probably Houston to be winners and bounce back uh, overall after a loss in Lubbock. Texas and UTS. A, it's like coach and coach and waiting are going ahead and settling it right now. I think Trailer just takes over after the game if he wins this one. Minus 12 and a half, Longhorns the favorites there in Austin, courtesy of our friends at Bet Online. 59 and a half is the over under, man. What it, they got a whole world of things to think about uh, in Austin right now when it comes to Longhorn football. So, uh, how do you see this one playing out? Yeah, Steve Sarkeesian has contradicted himself a ton this week on moral victories and rat poison, trying to channel his, <laughs> his Nick Saban, you know, and right. Uh, he and then he he doesn't want he's you know, I don't he's just all over the place and. Then he, he tells everybody, it's not my job to tell you if Hudson Card is healthy enough to play and give you the game plan here or not. So he's now he's being coy with if because, you know, Hudson Card, you know, came in and had that ankle issue, uh, I think, right at the end of the first half and then really played with it the second half. But I think it was it wasn't just nothing. And so UTSA, though, th- this is just one of these scary teams to try to play. If I'm a Big 12 team, I'm not putting trailers team on the schedule, man, because if you beat them. So what? That's what most people are going to say, and they can absolutely give you all you want. You know, they went to Army last weekend, won a game in overtime, so they lose the first week in overtime. Win win one this weekend. I think they've got a really good quarterback in Frank Harris. So, depending on the quarterback situation for Texas, I mean, I'd be, I'd be really careful if I was uh, old Sark because if his quarterback is compromised and they're feeling good about their little moral victory that they got. Look out because, yeah, Trailer may put on that Longhorn uh, visor at the end of the game and say, Sark, your services are no longer needed. So. <laughs> and then Gary Patterson's going to be back there saying, can I <laughs> Wait, stay? Hold on. Yeah, can I stay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it was supposed to be my job, man. I, I, get, I get to pull my pants up in Austin. I feel like I might get spanked on this one, uh, but I, I kind of like, the road runners and the points here. I yeah. I don't know, man. I'm just so jaded as a tech fan when it comes to the Longhorns and thinking about the talent that's on that roster every year. And even if they're not coached well, they got no heart, they got no culture, they're softer than Charmin. All the things that you hear people say, like the entire world say about the Longhorns, like uh, you know, they couldn't fight their way out of a wet paper bag. You know, I'm not saying these things. Other people were saying like the world is saying these things, right? Yeah. Even though you hear all of that. The roster is talented as it always is, Chris. And from Texas to UTSA, there's still just got to be a major, major difference. But I guess if I was heading to bet online, I'd be putting my money on heart and belief and desire and hunger by saying that I think it's UTSA plus 12 and a half. I don't know if they can actually pull it off, but. I'm just so down on what Texas is from an intangible standpoint. And probably Trailer is among the best in the country when it comes to the state of his program's intangibles, right? I mean, they play with their hair on fire. Yes, and he he coaches like his – I mean, him and, him and Joey, man, are so similar. I, mean, I thought that 
the Dave Campbell's, you know, cover really is kind of the next wave, man, in this state as far as college football coaches because these dudes, you could drop them in any scenario around any co- kind of company, no matter who you're who you're around, and they, they're going to fit in and, and have you eaten out of the palm of their hand, man. But uh, I, I hope they pull it off. I think it'd be kind of um, – fascinating to see what Texas would look like coming in off of a loss to UTSA in the Lubbock next weekend. But I'll be paying attention to this result just because you're right. The, the Longhorns, man, they're headed to, to Lubbock next weekend. And I don't, do you want them fat and happy? Do you want them, you know, lost? Maybe they just suck. I don't know. Maybe they're really good. Maybe the moral victory really should count. I don't know. We'll take them any way we can get them and slice yes. them up six days from Sunday whenever they get here, I guess. Uh, yeah. I'm afraid at how much I'm believing in Texas Tech plus 10. I'm a little frightened by that because I keep just looking at things on paper, Chris, and I'm really buying into what it could mean for the Red Raiders. Can you pull off an upset outright? I'm not so sure, but you and I talked about, as an example, uh, this week, quarterback's ability to escape pressure. I think I might like our guy a little bit better in that situation, and I also think I might like our defense's chances of pressuring Devin Leary. I also think about the turnover column, which is kind of scary for Texas Tech because North Carolina's state's defense, I think five and only two games. Your defense hadn't collected many, and their quarterback hasn't given it up very often. 35 to 5 was the TD to interception ratio a season ago. So is something going to break Tech's way there? I'm not so sure about that. But there are some things up front for Tech defensively possibly their ability to run the football. And if things are just hairy and breaking down all the time offensively, possibly a chance to hurt them with a little bit more mobile or physical ball-carrying quarterback. I don't know if I could pull the trigger on picking Texas Tech outright, but I think I'm expecting them to probably cover that 10 and and make it uh, a one-score affair in the fourth quarter. And it frightens me a little bit how quickly I'm believing again. <laughs> yeah, the, the last comment I'll make before we wrap this thing up is if you don't turn it over, you, 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 yeah. you're going to, I think, like what you see. If you turn it over, I, I just don't I don't see a recipe for being able to get this thing done. But if you play clean and just play it straight up and and you I, I, I think you'll you'll be able to you know gain enough yards and score enough points where you're going to be in this thing. And I think that's what a lot of people are. I think Texas Tech's kind of a sneaky pick, but if you go if you go throw it to them a bunch or put it on the turf, man, mm-hmm. I just I just don't think you're good enough uh, at this point against that team to get out of there with a win. But uh, forget the points, forget the win, yeah. forget about top twenty five hosts in Texas. I, I totally agree. I mean, I don't know how you can do that on the road against a team like that and, and hope to survive. So. Only time will tell. Can't wait to find out with the uh, biggest test yet for the Red Raiders. Chris, of course, will be on the sideline there as part of the call from Raleigh coming up on Saturday night. And I don't know if that's going to be your look for the sideline, but I like it, man. You, you're kind of like uh, the old kid on the block. Like you're about to head to, to get some digits or something out at the South Plains Mall, man. You feeling young? Joey McGuire's got you feeling young, it seems like. Yeah, I, I will not be rocking the backwards hat on the sideline <laughs> in Raleigh, man. No, I, I, I won't do it. Well, yeah. uh, travel safe, my man, and enjoy a place that uh, I've never been to. I don't know what okay. to expect. It's lots of uh, lots of hills and trees, man. A lot different than, than Lubbock, but uh, I still like the, the desert out here in West Texas go. better. Yeah, there you go. We'll get back safe, man. Uh, enjoyed it this week once again, and uh, we'll be able to chop it all up on the other side of uh, game number three. He's the only Chris Level. I'm Casey Cowan. appreciate you for making Locked On Texas Tech 
your first listen. Make your second listen. Locked on Big 12 with Josh Neighbors. All here as part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We'll have coverage coming up for you on the other side of the final buzzer Saturday night from Raleigh. And then, of course, back to do it again next week. Subscribe on YouTube or anywhere you get your podcasts, and we'll see you next time around on Locked On Texas Tech.